0: We get to come to your altar of grace, and we get to lay our lives down, all of our burdens, all of our heart, all of our heartache, all of our pain, and we get to lay that down at your altar, and God, I am so thankful for it. God, I'm thankful for this amazing place that you've given us where we've been able to worship you in spirit and in truth, God, this is a true gift from you, and God, I am so grateful for it, and I thank you for the people that are gathered here to sing your praises, I pray that you've been glorified in this time and I pray now that you'd be glorified in the time of the preaching and teaching of your word God I pray that you speak Father speak Father speak Father speak to your people help them to know that you care about them that you care about what's going on in their hearts Father speak in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Continuing our series called Miraculous, and I can't help but to say that it bothers me that people think that miracles don't happen today. It drives me crazy, to be honest with you. I, I believe with all my heart that we are sitting in the midst of a miracle right here, um, you can't necessarily see what I've seen, but this place that we're gathered in today is literally a miracle. It really is. God impressed upon my heart that I was supposed to go, and, and it, <laughs> I don't know if it's like James Bond or what, but for whatever reason, God kind of gives you pieces of information on a need-to-know basis only. Uh, and I. I it's kind of scary. I think that he does that in order to strengthen our faith and kind of kind of show us that we've got to depend on him for every single step that we take. In this particular instance, when God told me to start Simple Church, I didn't know what the name of it was. Now, really all I knew at that point in time when God impressed this place upon my heart is, number one, there was lost people that I needed to reach and tell them about Jesus. And number two, it was in Oxford. <laughs> I don't know why God said it's lost people in Oxford, but whatever reason, God called me to come to this place and Simple Church, was it's going to be its name. And when that happened, I'm telling you, I, like my mind, I was going, God, are you sure? God, are you I, not just are you sure, are you really, really, really sure, God? Because I don't know that it makes a whole lot of sense, and God just says, go and do this thing that I've told you to do. Go, just like, it won't leave my heart, it won't go away, I can't get it out of my mind. It is something that God continues to impress upon my heart that's gotta happen. Let me tell you something, and if it's a calling of God on your life, it does not simply fade away, it does not simply just diminish into the background. If you're a person that is seeking God, if you are seeking him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and God lays something on your heart, it will not go away. Now, it may diminish some if you stop seeking God in the midst of it. But if you continue to seek God in your life, if God has put something on your heart, it will not go away. As a matter of fact, it will drive you crazy. Uh, it drove me crazy. I mean, it was like, you know, the, we always see the little pictures of the, the angel and the devil on the shoulders, right? The Tom and Jerry cartoons. And it's like right here, they're constantly battling whatever, you know? That doesn't really happen, but I can tell you that when God puts something on your heart, for me, it is like he is right here in my ear, and he will not leave me alone. He would just He's going to drive me crazy until I start taking steps in response to what God's called me to do. This place is a miracle. I didn't have any idea. There wasn't a building. There wasn't sound equipment. There wasn't a band. There wasn't Kayla. There wasn't Valley. There wasn't uh, Dawn or, or, or Mike. There was nobody. It was just God telling me to do something, and I said, all right, got to make it happen. All right, God, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be obedient, but you got to make it happen. And, and I put all my faith, all my trust in him and said, God, you go and do this thing, because this is not the Kenny show. Not at all. This, this, is, this, is, this is about what God is doing. And, and at no point in time do I ever want to take credit for what God is doing in this place. Please, please, please don't go tell somebody, well, Kenny did this. Well, Kenny started that. Well, Kenny, blah, blah, I don't want my name to ever be said when you talk about Simple Church. I want you to say, God is doing something great at Simple Church. And there's this doofus named Kenny that stands up there and talks to us on Sundays. And and sometimes I get something out of it most of the time. I don't know what he's talking about, and he waves his hand a lot. And and, and I really don't know what the man is saying most of the time. But God is doing something great at Simple Church. If you want to say something about Kenny, you can say that, okay? Okay. it's, we're sitting in the midst of a miracle. We really are. This place, how God has put it together and the people that he's brought here, it is a miracle. And I, cannot, I cannot emphasize that enough. So it drives me crazy and people say, well, miracles don't really happen anymore. Not like they did in Jesus' time. Do you know how many lives I have seen changed right here on this piece of carpet right here where people have given their lives to Christ and their whole family's turned upside down? People stepped into the baptistry water here and like everything changes in their life. Like their friends are different, their family, the way that family interacts is different. Like everything's different. Like how much they, 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 they think about God, how much they, they, they want to read the Bible now, how much they want to pray and talk to God, it's all different. It's a miracle of God is what it is. And I have seen it happen right here at this altar. And there are tons and tons of people that know what I'm talking about. And there's tons and tons of people that want to know what I'm talking about. They're too afraid to come down here and get on this piece of carpet and experience it themselves. It's a miracle of God what I see happen in people's lives. You tell me miracles don't happen today. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. I've seen it happen in my own two eyes. So we're in this series called Miraculous, and we're talking about the different miracles that Jesus performed while I was on the earth about 37 miracles that are recorded in the gospel accounts. John 21, 25 says that if we were trying try to record all the miracles that Jesus accomplished, like with the books, wouldn't even be able to, they would cover up the earth. We wouldn't be able to fit them on the earth. That's how many books it would fill up if we tried to record all of the miracles that Jesus performed while I was here. And he did it for the purpose of showing us that he was God. That's the reason he did it. So that we would believe that he was the son of God, that he was God in the flesh, walking the earth. And he had to show that he had the power over demons to be able to cast demons out of people. He had to show people that he had the power over physical ailments and sickness and these physical bodies that we live in. He had to show us these things when he walked the earth. And that's the reason he performed the miracles. Today we're going to see one that, that you guys have heard about probably a million times. It's about casting the net into the water and and getting the fish and almost breaks the nets and almost sinks the boat as they're trying to pull the fish into the boat where Jesus told them to go and fish. And so they just did what Jesus told them to do. And it's the initial point at which which the disciples are really starting to go, we're following this guy. We're following this this man's the one that we're going after and we're going to walk with him and and walk where he walks. How many people in here, anybody a fisherman in here? You're afraid to raise your hands. Don't be afraid. You're closer to Jesus if you're a fisherman. Like, like Jesus likes fishermen better. I don't know why. He likes fishermen and ordinary men. So if that's you, just like raise both hands. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, hey, that's what I'm talking about. Like fishermen. And I don't know what it is about fishermen, but I think Jesus, and you'll see this in this passage, Jesus likes to use analogies that people can grasp, they can hold on to. And you all know that Jesus tells them at the end of this passage, well, you're going to be fishers of men. So Jesus tells them, like, you're going to go and catch men. That's the calling on each and every one of our lives. If we are disciples, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, we're to go and we're to catch men. And and, and Jesus uses this analogy of catching men like these fishermen. They could grab a hold of that, you know. Like they could understand what it meant to catch fish. So he says, you're going to catch men. And they're like, "I I can get that. And Jesus would use other analogies, and he would talk in parables sometimes, and he would talk about sowing seed in the ground, he'd talk about what that looked like. People were like, yeah, I can grasp that, I can get that, you know? Because these were farmers, these were fishermen, these were people that understood these concepts, so that's the reason Jesus talked to them that way. I, I try to talk to you that way, I don't do a very good job of it, but I try to give you things that you can say, oh yeah, I remember so-and-so, and I remember when this happened, and, and you like made the connections, you're like, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, See, the good news of the gospel is why we are here, okay? In case there's any confusion about that, the reason we're here is so that we can learn more about the gospel, so that we can go and share the gospel with other people, that we're supposed to catch men. That's it. That's why we're here. If you're wondering why we did this sermon series, why we have this platform up here, why we have a band, why we have chairs out there, it's for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about his kingdom and bringing people into his kingdom and how God What we're going to see today is how God uses us in that process. And that's an amazing thing. That's a mind blowing thing. That is a miracle of God. The fact that He could take somebody in flesh and use them for a supernatural purpose of bringing somebody from from death into life. And He uses us in that capacity. That's a miracle. That's an absolute miracle of God to think that he can use somebody as dumb as me in order to be able to accomplish his work and bring people into his kingdom. That's that's a miracle of God right there in and of itself. And God wants to work that miracle in every single person's life. Every single person in, in this room, he wants to use you in that capacity so that you can be partakers and witnesses and part of a miracle of God. Now, A lot. The the tragedy is is that there's a lot of Christians out there that have never shared the gospel with anybody. They've never been fishers of men. They've never shared their testimony with somebody in such a way that that people understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. And they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But there are some people out there that have. And if you're one of those people and you've led somebody to Christ and you've experienced that yourself you know what a miracle I'm talking about. You know what a miracle it is. You know how that experience is and what it does to you and how it just opens your mind and opens your heart and just like blows your mind because a miracle of God has happened and you have been witness to it and you have been an integral part of it. It's an amazing thing when that happens. And if you've ever experienced that, let me tell you, there's no greater experience in the world Aside from your own salvation, there's no greater experience in the whole world than leading somebody else to Christ. It's, it's an overwhelming experience for me every single time it happens. And it never, I never get complacent about it. I, ne- I never stop taking time out of my day to go and thank God for it when it happens. It is a miracle of God. God chooses to use us. He chooses to use these fishermen. And these, these guys change the world. With the news that they bring around the world, these 11 guys After one of them betrays Jesus and and goes off and kills himself, there's there's 11 of them left and they they go and they they change the world with the message that they bring. They turn everything upside down and we're still talking about it today, some 2,000 years later. We're still talking about this thing that they were preaching and teaching to everybody they encountered. You want to talk about being fishers of men? These guys, their story's still fishing. Their message is still going out and there's still people coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus told them to go be fishers of men. And they never stopped doing it. They wrote it down. They kept doing it. They kept sharing. And because they kept sharing, others kept sharing. And it just keeps, even to this day, keeps drawing people to Christ. That's not a miracle. Are you kidding me? 11 guys, 2,000 years later, we still got people's lives. being. That is a miracle of God. It's a miracle of God. So today we'll be in Luke chapter 5. This passage that most people are very familiar with. If you're not, that's okay. We're gonna talk about some fishermen today. I was not much of a fisherman. Still, I'm not much of a fisherman. Um, I'm kind of like I don't know if I'm maybe I'm too ADD or something. I don't know. Sitting in a boat, I don't mind riding in a boat and got the hair you know whipped back and like you know flying down the lake and or even you put me on the back of an inner tube and like I'll I'll do that kind of stuff all day long. But You say, hey, Kenny, we're just going to relax a little bit, and we're going to sit in a boat, and you're going to sit in this seat for about three hours, and we're going to just do this all day. I'm like, I don't know that I'm down with that, you know? I don't know if that's for me. Uh, I've told you guys before, I don't really... Relax, to me, is not really what relax is to most people. So sitting in a chair for about three hours, sweating to death. I don't know if I'm down with that. Now, I can do fly fishing a little bit, okay, because you're doing this all the time, right? So, so I'm, I'm constantly in motion. I got stuff happening. The, the, the little bug's making a popping sound. When I pull it out of the water, I'm down with that, okay? But, like, you just tell me we're going we're gonna to let it sit out there and we're going to reel it in a little bit and then we're going to do that again about a thousand more times. I'm like, ah, I don't know that I'm down with that. Now, when you catch something, that's great. But I've been fishing a lot, and I've caught very little. So the ratio of fish to fishing is not very good for me. And that's, that's kind of why I ain't down with hunting either. You know, I don't mind getting up early. I don't mind, I, well, I don't like being cold. That's, that's a problem for me too. Hunt season's always during the winter. If we could hunt during the summer, I'd probably be okay with that. But they hunt during the winter, and they, they go and they sit there for hours and hours. and hours. I'm not down with that, you know? Shooting stuff I'm okay with, you know. If we could have a target and a range and, you know, we got deer run across the range, I'd be down with that. But just like sitting there for hours, I can't do that, okay. So I'm not much of a fisherman. So kudos to all you guys that can sit there and fish for hours and hours. Man, you got got me beat. I, I can't do it. I'm too ADD for that or something. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just can't do that. But the good news is for you fishermen, man. Apparently, apparently you're geared for catching men, so that's good news for you. Now, I, you know, I, I guess I got some work to do if I'm gonna be catching men. I, I gotta, I gotta do a little more studying here. In Luke chapter five, beginning of verse one, we see this. One day Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Great crowds pressed on him to listen to the word of God. So Jesus, he liked to preach the word, like. That's kind of what he did. That was his thing, that when he spoke, it was like God was speaking. So when he spoke, he spoke with a kind of authority that nobody had ever heard before. Like it kind of blew them away whenever Jesus would speak about the Word of God. It would be like, I think this is the dude that wrote it. You know what I mean? Like, and it was. It was Jesus talking about what the Holy Spirit had inspired these Old Testament prophets and Moses to write down and all that kind of stuff. So, So it's like this is the guy, you know, like he's the one that wrote it, talking about it. So he speaks with a lot of authority. And people would like, they'd come to hear him. They wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. When Jesus preached, everybody came. And it says they pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Now they didn't have these nifty things here, which I can manipulate and make sound a lot louder and even make myself a little bit deeper, you know, and it amplifies my voice, right? Well, they didn't have that back then. So You know, first century Jerusalem, no amplification. They didn't have any subs, no wolfers, no tweeters, none of that stuff, man. It was just you and what you could get out to people. So Jesus, what he would do a lot of times, he'd get near the ocean or the Sea of Galilee, which is actually more like a lake. He would get there and he would talk and people would be, sometimes he would get up on a mountain and he would talk down to people so that his voice would carry. And sometimes he would get out on the water so that he could talk to a bunch of people and his voice would carry. It would echo off the water and it would go out a lot further. So Jesus is talking to people, and they're, like, they're all enthralled with what he has to say, and there's a bunch of people there. They're excited about the fact that, that this guy is preaching the word of God, and it's good. It really is. Verse 2 says, And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. So the fishermen typically fished at nighttime, right? So Jesus is out there during the day, the nets are, are needing to be mended, and they're needed to be washed, because if you didn't wash them, then they would fall apart, and they're out there washing their nets somewhere else, and, and Jesus noticed there's two boats. Oh, how, what a coincidence. There's two boats, and I need to go out on the water. I wonder if God orchestrated this at all. I can't imagine that he possibly did. There's two boats sitting there on the water, and Jesus notices them, right? So, like, I can imagine what's about to happen. Just like you, you're going, I've heard this story before. There's something with the boats, right? Yes, there is. Hang on it gets better. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. So Jesus is doing his Jesus thing. He's preaching the word of God. He sees this dude, Simon, Simon, we need to take your boat out. Simon's like, okay. So they push out in the water. Now you think about it, okay? This seems to be, at this point in time, this is all about the people out on the shore, right? It's all about them and the fact that they need to hear the Word of God. And Jesus is preaching the Word of God. And this is good. So Jesus has got his amplification going on off water. The words are bouncing off the water and everybody's able to, to hear what Jesus is saying. And this is good. But like so many things in scripture and so many things in our life is that just when we think it's about everybody else, there's more to it than, than that. There's something else that God's doing. There's something else that Jesus is trying to accomplish, and that's exactly what's going on here. So Simon thinks, hey, I'm a good guy, man. I'm a fisherman. I got this, this guy, he's preaching, and he, this is pretty good what he's saying here. And Simon's like, all right, let's, let's finish washing our nets, and we're going to push out from the shore, and, and let's take this. Jesus guy out into the water like he asked. Now, this takes a tremendous amount of faith. You think about it, man. This, you know, like, hey, man, this is my boat. I don't, I don't know if we need to be taking it out in the water. We've been out in the water all night long. I'm tired. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm dirty. I'm nasty. Like, are you sure? And so he does. He submits to Jesus. And we see that this is, this is a big thing, right? Submitting to Jesus. We talk about obedience all the time in here. Um, it's not an easy thing. To be obedient sometimes. Sometimes you're, you're tired or you're dirty or you're hungry and you don't really want to submit and you really don't want to be obedient and you really don't want to do what Jesus says. But here Jesus says do it. And let me encourage you in your life that, that when Jesus says go and do something, even if you don't feel real good at that point in time, if you will be obedient, there's a good chance that you will see a miracle of God and God do something unbelievable and amazing in your life. Life-changing, even sometimes, because you have said yes to Jesus. You've responded to Jesus, been obedient to Jesus, and that's what we see here. I mean, he he probably is tired and hungry, and he really doesn't want to, and he's really not feeling it. He said, uh, "So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there." When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon. So he's teaching everybody. Now he's going back to Simon. Now things have changed a little bit here. He's gone from speaking to everybody else to speaking to Simon and it becomes personal now, right? So it's a personal conversation between him and Simon. Simon's already been, I think Simon's probably been enthralled by what he's saying. So he's like, he's connected now and he's like, I need to hear what this guy has to say. I need to hear how this guy's going to speak to me directly. You know what? Sometimes people come in here and, and they they hear the word and they think it's for everybody else, and, and they think, well, that's that's not really what I needed to hear. But trust me, Jesus is speaking to you directly. He he's preparing you, he's getting you ready to listen to him on a on a deeper level, he's getting you ready to, to tune into him. Even if it's not something that just like overwhelms you and brings you to tears, God is using his word because it never returns void. God is using his word. Even if you're zoned out thinking about lunch, God is using his word to transform your life and get you ready for something. He always is. That's the purpose of his word is to prepare us and get us ready and to motivate us and push us towards something for his kingdom. He said to Simon, go out to where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Now, at this point, I think, I think Peter's like, Simon Peter's like, dude, really? I mean, come on, you know? Like, is this about fishing? I thought, I thought for a second, this is about you preaching the word, and now we're out here, and now you tell me to go catch some fish. Well, what is this about, man? You ever feel like when God's speaking to you and telling you to do something, you don't really see exactly what God's up to? This only happens to me about 568 times a day, okay? Like, like God tells me to do something, and I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. I don't really get that. And I go and I do it, and I'm like, oh, I was so stupid. I really was stupid. God was trying to show me something and do something and use me for his glory. And I was so ignorant. You just got to say yes. And that's what Simon does. He's like, oh, great. So we're going to to catch some fish. He even even, talks back to Jesus a little bit here. He's kind of sarcastic. Master. So he's like, all right. Master, you know, he acknowledges that he's got some power and he acknowledges that his word is true. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. So here, Simon's like, all right, dude, listen, we've been fishing all night. We didn't catch nothing. All right. We, We are fishermen. We know what we're doing. Right. You ever said this to God? I know what I'm doing here. I know how to do stuff when it comes to the Jesus stuff. I know know what I'm doing. Why are you telling me to do something else? Like, I got this together. I know what I need to be doing. Don't be telling me to go and do something else. I'm glad none of y'all have ever experienced that, where you've kind of had that conversation with God, like, God, why are you telling me to do this? I know what I'm doing here. I got this, man. You just, you leave me alone. I know how to catch fish, right? Man, we're so dumb, aren't we? I know that I am. I'm real, real dumb, as a matter of fact. And I think sometimes I got it all together and like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to say and do and to get all this stuff orchestrated and make it work out. And God's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You listen to me and you do what I say and then you'll see something. And he says, Master, if if you want us to let down our nets, we'll do it. Because you said so, this is an exercise in futility, and I don't see why we're doing this, but okay, if you say so, we'll go and do it. There have been so many times where I thought, man, this is a waste of time. God, why are you getting me to do this? So many times when I thought, man, this is a conversation. I I have conversations with people like one-on-one, and and I'll think that the conversation is about something mundane and and ridiculous, six flags or something. And before you know it, I'll be halfway into the conversation and they're talking about the abuse that happened to them as a kid. And I go, oh, I didn't realize that that's what we were talking about. Sometimes we we think we got it all together. I think we know. And we just sit there and we be obedient to God. And we listen to people or or, or we follow God and what he's telling us to do. And, And before you know it, we're in the middle of something. And God's trying to change somebody's life or he's trying to do something miraculous. And out of our own ignorance, we, we've just been blinded to it. Man, just, we just be obedient. We just follow God and do what he says. And here we see Simon says, all right, we'll just we'll put our nets down again. One more time, just for you. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. You know, i was sitting here looking. I hadn't thought of this, but. He's looking at that. to tear. begin <laughs> began to tear. Right? I bet, I bet Simon, when he let down those, those nets, I could just see, man, he's overwhelmed by what he's just experienced. Here's a man that, think about it. He's preaching the word of God. And he's doing it with authority. Then he turns to me and he talks to me directly, one-on-one. And he starts doing something in my heart. And he tells me to do something. I'm obedient to it. And before you know it, Something happens. Something happens. I can imagine at this moment, Simon recognizes that he is in the presence of God. He is in the presence of God. And I can imagine how overwhelming that must be. I can imagine just once you recognize that this man knows way more about everything than me and my feeble mind can grasp. I can imagine that he was overwhelmed. I can imagine that, that he, he just must have fallen down at Jesus' feet. So There's a shout for help brought their partners on the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and were on the verge of sinking. And Simon Peter realized what had happened. He fell onto his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord. He said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. When you're in the presence of God, And you recognize that what you have seen is God in the flesh, when you recognize that Jesus is right there close to you, it makes you want to run away. It really does. It makes you want to run away. You're terrified. You see yourself for who you really are when you see God for who He really is. And it is terrifying. And there are so many people that spend their whole lives running away from that feeling. They want to run away from that, that terror that comes with recognizing that Jesus is speaking to you. They want to run away from. It. They want to run away from. It. They spend their whole lives running away from. It. That's so heartbreaking. That's so heartbreaking. Yes, being in the presence of God is terrifying. Yes, it is. And it is scary to think about the fact that he might wreck your life, that he might take away some of your friends, that he might change your location and you may have to move from this place to that place or God may put a burden on your heart for people in another country and he may call you to that place and he may never let you alone until you go to that place. And people are terrified of that. I've had people literally tell me that I am so afraid of surrendering my life to Christ because I'm so afraid of what he's gonna do. Literally, I mean, at least they're honest about it. At least they're honest about the fact that they're terrified that God may put something on their heart and may not let them go. At least they're honest about it. That there are so many people that get right up close to close with Jesus and they'll stand right on the verge and they recognize that Jesus is talking to them one-on-one and then they'll run the other way because they're terrified. They see themselves for who they really are and see God for who he is and it terrifies them so much that they run the other way. Can you imagine if this passage stopped right here? Can you imagine if we just cut it off right here? You, you wouldn't have any idea about what happened to Simon or what, what Jesus did in his life if he just said, oh, I'm terrified. God, get away from me. I, I am a sinful man. He saw himself for who he was. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as for the others with him, his partners James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon. He replied, "Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Here's my plea to you. Don't be afraid." God's speaking to you one-on-one, and He's challenging your heart. And He's he's trying to to get you to come to Him. He's trying to get you to surrender to Him and trying to get you to follow Him. Don't be afraid. I know it's terrifying. Don't be afraid. Please don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, when people come face-to-face with the miraculous, the supernatural, they try to either dismiss it or run away from it. But oh, if you embrace it. Oh, if you'll embrace it. Jesus told him, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And I think he was not only talking to Simon, but he was talking to James and John. He was talking to all the guys that were there, the fishermen that were there. He said, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, You'll be fishing for people. You'll be fishing for men. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Simon wanted Jesus to leave him because he saw God for who he really was. He saw Jesus as a son of God. He knew his power. He knew the fact that nobody else could have known where those fish were going to be. Nobody else could have known what it was going to take to get those fish in the boat that day. And Jesus said, You got to get away from me. I am a sinful man. But Jesus didn't go anywhere. Jesus stayed right there. Jesus didn't go away. And these guys, when they got back on the shore, you know what they said? They said, I'm going where he's going, and I'm leaving everything behind because they, they, they remained there and they, 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 they struggled in their souls and they, they struggled to figure it out and they struggled to understand what was happening and they struggled to understand the miracle that they just witnessed because they stayed with Jesus. Eventually, they came to the point where they said, we're going to leave everything else and follow you. Instead of walking away from Jesus, we're walking away from everything else. And the problem we have with so many Christians today is they're not willing to walk away from everything else. As a matter of fact, instead of staying close to Jesus until they're they're ready to do that, until they're they're just struggling and fighting it out, they, they, they gradually and gradually get further away from Jesus, and then they feel better about it. They feel better about it. What Jesus demands, listen to me carefully, if you didn't hear anything else. Jesus does not want your Sundays. Jesus does not want your Wednesdays. Coming to Simple Church on Sundays, coming to Simple Church on Wednesdays is not enough. Are we clear on that? That is not enough. Jesus wants Sunday. He wants Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He wants your heart. He wants your life. And he wants it all, and he wants it all the time. And to be a follower of Jesus means that you stay there beside him, and you go where he goes, and you listen to what he's telling you to do, and you follow him, and you be obedient. This whole passage is about that. And these men were witnesses to a miracle so that Jesus could prove that he knew more about fishing than they ever did. And the same thing applies to bringing people into Christ. Jesus knows where the fish are. Jesus knows exactly what they are. He knows where they are, what they're doing, what they're eating. He knows all of that stuff. But he chooses to use ordinary men, fishermen, men and women like you and me. He says, go here, do this, follow me. I'll show you where the fish are. I'll show you where the fish are. People get so wrapped up. And man, I don't know enough scripture. I don't know enough this. I, know, I haven't been in church long enough to be able to win somebody to Christ. That is a joke because Jesus knows it all. Jesus knows it all. And all he wants from you is for you to say no to everything else and yes to him. And follow him and stay by his side. And you be with Jesus. And you be obedient to Jesus. And you will see miraculous things happen. You'll see the power of God at work. God will change your life in the midst of you changing somebody else's life through the power of God. See, Peter thought probably that day that it was all about the people on the seashore. Them hearing the word of God, how important it was. No. It wasn't just about those people. It was about the people in the boat, too. It's about people in the boat, too. It's about... You guys. Yes, it is about the people out there, but it is absolutely every much about you as it is about them. Stay close to Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says. Stop thinking you know all the answers. Say no to everything else and say yes to Jesus. And you go where Jesus goes. He does this. He does this so we'll believe. He does this so we'll believe. He did it that day so that Simon Peter would believe. For you and I, it strengthens our faith when we see somebody come to Christ and we see somebody do it because of the words that have come out of our mouth and we go, that was not me. That was Jesus Christ, and there's no other explanation for it. That's the message of this miracle that Jesus performed. That is the message to you and to your life and what Jesus is saying to you today. Let me pray. Father... There may be people here, God, somebody, they've never put their faith and trust in you. God, I pray for that soul. I ask you to draw them to you. I ask you to continue to press upon their heart, their need for Jesus Christ. I pray for the person that thinks they're a follower of Jesus Christ, but the reality is that they're not. Because they've never really fully surrendered everything to you, left everything behind in order to pursue you and your kingdom. God, I pray for that soul as well. I pray that you would crush their heart and open their eyes, God, so they might be able to see Jesus. They might be able to see the power of Jesus. They might be able to see the love of Jesus. And they might be able to experience, God, the reality of salvation today. God, I ask you, I beg you for that soul today. God, and then for the people that are here, Lord, that may have a difficult time following Jesus, being obedient to what you've called us to, Lord, I pray for them. I pray that you would do whatever you need to do in their life to shake them up and to turn them upside down so that they might be obedient to every single word that comes from you. God, just help us, Lord. Help our unbelief. We don't want to be so superficial to say, God, show us a miracle so we might believe. God, I know that the miracle that has happened today is through your word and through the fact that your Holy Spirit has wrecked somebody's heart today and shown them the power that you have through your Holy Spirit and through your Word. So God, please, God, please use that power Lord, to change somebody's life. God, help us all to be true followers, true disciples, not superficial, just bystanders. God, we want to be, be there with you, besides you, God, doing your work for your kingdom. God, I pray in Jesus' name. God, if there's somebody here that's got a broken heart, God, maybe something's not going right in their life and maybe there's been tragedy or pain or, or maybe there's somebody here, God, got a sick family member or whatever the case may be. Lord, I pray that today this message has shown them that you have power over all things in this creation. So God, I pray in Jesus' name that you bring restoration to that person. God, we love you. We do thank you for the power of your word to change lives. God, be glorified in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody...